0: Uh, One way or the other, I would like to, we always like to say a special thank you. And he's always gracious enough to stop by so I can say it in person to Paul Winkler because uh, Paul makes it possible for us to get out and about. I absolutely love getting out and saying hello to folks and speaking to to them directly like we just did with Patricia Brooks, like we're about to do with Alice Rowley. And Paul Winkler makes that possible for us. And I so appreciate not only... Uh, His making this possible, but also his financial wisdom when it comes to uh, financial planning and all those good things that make me a client and make me an endorser as well. Hello, Paul. Hey, man. This gets me out of the office, too. You love that. right? I like it. Because <laughs> it's work. <laughs> like, I, I, you I, know, use, I get out I of the, the office. I use the Air Force. Uh, right. uh, how are things... I, I asked Paul, I said, how are things going in the in the world of finance? And he gave me a look. He's like, haven't you lit? And I said, no, that's what I have you for. The yeah, markets are good. Uh, and, and a lot of it has to do
1: with a couple of different things. Interest rates. Uh, you know, you yeah. see some increases, yeah. but then you see some inflation numbers that came in. And that helps because... A big cost of doing business as a company is your expense of interest. Mm-hmm. And if you can reduce your interest costs, you can reduce expenses, and that can help profitability, and then you don't worry about inflation getting out of control. And uh, that, and that has, makes the market happy? These, yeah, this, that has made, especially value stocks, uh, really makes value stocks. There are, there are different segments of the market, and people don't recognize that. They hear, what is the market doing today? And I go, which one? Right. You know, because you have large growth companies, totally different area than small
0: companies. But define, you just used a phrase that I want you to define for me. That's why I love having you here. So, What what is a value stock?
1: So a value stock, think when you drive around town, you see the billboards, say we buy ugly houses. Uh And you think, well, you know, why would somebody want to buy my ugly house? Because Mm -hmm. they can fix it and they can make it more expensive and then they can make money. They flip it. Why is it that we in America are so enamored with the growth companies, which is the opposite. We buy expensive houses mm-hmm. because we're familiar with them. They are the companies we do the business with the most. And therefore, what happens, this is where, where people are missing the boat on investing. Warren Buffett was a value investor, pretty doggone successful guy. And yet what he did to become successful, most
0: people don't even know about. So, So is it, is it as simple as i mean it's none of it simple but oh yeah ad, <laughs> aden- identifying those companies that are repairing i mean if you compare it to the house yeah right so is it it a matter of d- identifying those companies that are set to repair their house to get their house in order that they're going to see that growth is that what we're talking about they're they're in Some di- of that? in
1: they're in disrepair is right. is really okay. and you think why would i in Invest in a company in disrepair because they've got to pay more to use your money. And if you look at, I'll just give you an example. Let's say you put a, a dollar, $1 in large U.S. growth companies in 1926. That dollar's worth like 14000 right now. All right? And not, bad. Not, bad. not bad. Not bad at all. Now, most investors haven't gotten anywhere near that return in stocks. If you look at the returns that they've actually gotten, and it's because of behavior. It's when they get in, when they get out. But just say, what if you did the same thing in small value companies, smaller distressed companies, that $1 is worth well over Mm $100,000 over that same period of time.
0: I hesitate to use a gambling analogy because I don't believe the stock market is gambling, although some would say it is. But I'll use the gambling. I've always known when to walk away from a hot table right? Right. when when I feel like it's getting cold. You you know what? The last singular stock that I bought, Paul, was GameStop. Oh no! I no, I did it, and I walked away. <laughs> well, I mean, that I, was
1: pre-me, so I, I mean, you know, I well, you it. know, yeah, right? I mean, it was stupid. It was
0: stupid. But I, but I, like, got wind of it early on, and I threw, you know, I threw a hundred bucks at it or whatever. Yeah, I made a couple of hundred bucks and got out. I mean, it was it wasn't even investment. Well, sure, it, it was just sure. That was more gambling than investment. Well, uh, what was? Will you tell me what that was?
1: Yeah. So shorting. So when you short a stock, right. what you do is you borrow it. And then you sell it. This sounds like it should be illegal. Mm-hmm. You borrow it. You sell it at, let's say, $50. And you're hoping, like anything, it'll go down to 30 so you can rebuy it and give it back to the person you borrowed it from. Now, what happened should was... Should that be illegal? Well, it used to be you had what's called an uptick rule. In other words, the stock actually had to go up in price before you could do that. Before you could sell it, they got rid of You're that Increasing rule. the risk. And what it did is it led people to gambling and betting that the stock was going to go down. Now, if I want to bet the stock's going to go up, what do I do? I buy it, right? And then I hope that it'll go higher, and then I sell it. Now, that's betting. That's gambling as well. And I say that you know, think about the stock market. I mean, this like me coming to
0: your house and borrowing your car with your permission. Yep. Yes. And selling your car. And then hoping you can replace it. And I don't know the difference.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly, exactly what it is. So what happened is you had these professional investors. They think they know better than everybody else what the stock's really worth. And they're going to go and short the stock. They do that. And then what happened is you had these kids that came in and says, no, we're going to buy the stock. We're going to drive the price up. And here's what's going to happen. You can't buy it at a lower price. You're going to actually have to buy it at a higher price, and you're going to have to cover your short. You'll hear that term.
0: And I, then, I remember during that period of time uh, rooting for rooting for the kids. The kids,
1: because you wanted that stock to go up. Because they were, were
0: out-gaming the gaming of the system. That
1: was the idea. That was the idea. That's what made it such a big deal, and that's what made it so news- newsworthy, is that the little guy was going to win, <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't? No, they didn't. Most people that got into the stock, actually like you, actually heard about it. Right. It was news. They bought it, and then it went. Right See down. I got
0: I got I, I got in quick I got in quick and got out quick. I was like this I, I felt like whatever right. was going to happen, this wasn't sustainable. I'm like, I have no idea what's about to happen, but what's happening right now is not sustainable. Somebody's either gonna put a sure. kibosh on this or it's gonna blow up on its own.
1: Well most people they approach investing like gambling. You said that earlier. Right. And I say to somebody, Hey, do you have a business? Or do you know anybody that has a business? Oh yeah, I know somebody that has Joe's hardware store. And you say, well, do you think Joe, when he goes to his hardware store, thinks of himself as gambling? He's going to his company. And of course he doesn't. No, of course not. Well, you think about it. When you own stocks, you own companies. You're only gambling if you're doing what you find so often happens on Wall Street. And I say so often because I did a workshop recently. Actually, repeating it on Tuesday if anybody wants to go check it out. It's, Love it. it's at noon and then it's going to be repeated, I think, at seven o'clock at night. But what I do is I take the big fund companies and I show on their websites how t- they're telling you that they are actually engaging in what I tell people never to do, which is buying, selling, jumping in, mm-hmm. jumping out, trying to trade stocks. And that is the problem that investors have is that they approach it or their companies or their investment advisors approach it like gambling. And that was the revelation for me 20, oh my goodness, 25 years ago when I studied under the guy that won the Nobel for economics Mm -hmm. was that this is not investing. This is gambling. And I am going to open a company that does something 180 degrees different. That's so, how the show started. Right, radio that's show.
0: all that that's incredible. And three hours a day, by the way, on tomorrow. Uh, three hours tomorrow. A Saturday, not uh, a day. Yeah, well, right, well that's what I should say. Three <laughs> you know, three hours nobody Every, wants every, to every Saturday, three, three to six, six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Winkler is on Super Talk ninety nine T N and he just he dives deep into the world of investment uh and financial planning. So have we avoided a, you know not, Forget the technical definitions. Uh, We were concerned inflation was out of control to the point that interest rates would have to go up to the point that it would create a a recession. Yeah,
1: Yeah. do we have a soft landing? I mean, mean, is that that what's happening right now? That's the hard thing about recessions, because when they say, are we in a recession? Typically, you don't even know you're in a recession until, you know, two, three months into it. Because right. what happens is it takes a time for the data to come in. It's lagging, and it takes a long time for that data to come in. And then you go, oh, yeah, we actually entered a recession three months ago. We just didn't know because we didn't have the data. So that's the challenge with the stock market. When somebody goes, hey, is the stock market going to go down? We're in a recession. Well, the reality of it is the stock market actually looks at information as it comes in, and you may not get that information for three months, six months. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure it out and get ahead of it is a futile exercise. So are we in a recession? We won't know until later. We won't really know whether that's happened or not.
0: So it's almost a question that is moot, because because there's such a lag
1: it it sort of is you try you try to read the tea leaves as best you can but you really don't know until later i did i did an exercise one time where i said what if i and i look back at past data so we look at data over 100 years i know exactly the date that we supposedly entered or the month that we entered a recession in history and i said what if you invested in the stock market the day the recession started you would think what the stock market's going to do what
0: Go up, wait, no, down. wait, wait. Say so the question You enter in again. a
1: recession yeah. uh, in March of 1978. Right. And you think, what would the stock market do if you're entering a recession? Go down. Yeah, that's exactly right. what you would think. The stock market is going Most down. Most of the time it went up if you invested the day that the recession started why because the stock market had already gone down had already gone down and yeah, you reacted. got it cuz it was anticipating
0: looking at the data and going eh, looks like we might be going in a recession and that's how it works that's pretty you're you're so brilliant and right before we <laughs> came on the radio he chided me cuz when when i made the transition it was it was intercompany transition yeah. but i my somehow and i blame myself for not being proactive laziness um, I dropped the 401k component, and I haven't picked that back up. And i got to do that. I mean, that's just – and I think the reason I bring this up is not to embarrass myself, but to help people understand how easy this is to it happen, is, right? It's hard to I moved from yourself. Birmingham to, to Nashville. I allowed it to fall through the cracks. You know, I didn't dot all the I's and cross yeah. all the T's that you're supposed to. And now I'm just leaving money on the table, right?
1: Well, there's a really interesting study as to why people put things off. And what they found is they actually did brain scans. And they looked at their brains and they said, oh, functional MRI, where's the activity going on? And they said, think of yourself, Matt. Think of yourself and Matt Damon, let's say, a movie star. Okay. Okay. When they looked at the brain scans, totally different, totally different. You think about yourself differently and you think about him. Uh Then what they did is they said, think about you 20 years from now and now think about Matt Damon. And what they found was that the, the functional MRIs became the same. In other words, when we think about ourselves in the future, we think of ourselves as a stranger. The question that they asked in the study is, would you save money for a stranger? And the answer is no. We won't normally do that. Huh. So what happened, they did how they fixed it. It was fascinating. They artificially
0: aged somebody. Yeah, that guy 20 years from now is not me. really That's not me. You. That's not you. You That's can't not even me. relate to him. Right.
1: What they aged people in a computer. And then what they did, they showed a picture of themselves aged, and they said, okay, now we got a fictitious amount of money. What are you going to do with it? You could give it away. You could spend it on yourself. You could save it in your 401K. When they showed people an aged version of themselves, more often than not, they saved it for the future.
0: Because it's, they could visualize. It. Because, they could see
1: they, it. because it was real. I am really going to be that person.
0: Wow. Is that not something? This got crazy quickly, Paul. That that's heady, but that's cool. It is heady. It's cool. That's why you got a a, a, a degree in psychology. Wait, it is. I mean, I'm, I, seriously, it, it is. It's I mean, hard you've gotten to, like twenty. You've got more degrees than anybody I know.
1: Well, how many? I, I like eight eight financial planning related <laughs> degrees, and then the psychology and the master's in psychology. But
0: but that's why that's what's so cool about what you do is that you you're, I mean, you understand how you need to understand the minds of people in order to help them yeah, behavior, from a financial standpoint.
1: It's our stinking thinking that is our biggest deterrent to being successful. Huh?
0: Our stinking thinking. Our
1: stinking thinking. You should copyright that. That's pretty No, good. I didn't. It's, it wasn't original. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that. I thought it was Zig Ziglar or somebody Well,
0: else. <laughs> I encourage people to listen to you tomorrow from uh, 3 until 6 o'clock as I'm off doing something. I, I think I, I, no, I know it's where. I, we're gonna We're going to see each other tomorrow night, I think.
1: Oh, I, I think. Are I, you going to be there? I don't know that I'm going to be there. I don't know that I, I, I am sponsoring but I don't know that I'm going to be there. Because well, Pamel asked me if I would because Phil and I were so close. Well,
0: I know uh, for those who don't know, yeah. and, I, and this is a great way to end the conversation, but I, for those yeah. who don't know, yeah. um, the late, great Phil Valentine is being inducted into the, the, yeah. posthumously, obviously, into the uh, Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah, And you're part of the sponsorship of, uh, of the event. Uh, and I was honored to be asked. I didn't, I, I'd met Phil on occasion, got a great opportunity to talk to him on a couple of occasions uh-huh. uh, at events that we were both at. And just what a great human being. I, I didn't know him enough to call him friend, but of course you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just what an honor I for your late great friend.
1: Yeah, I miss him. He, he's, he's such a, he was, you'd see him in the hallways at the station. He would always stop and talk. And he would be, I, I remember him because I, I went back like 20 years with him. Right, and I'll never forget the one thing that happened is he was advertising something, and I said, oh, "You might not want to be advertising this." And he said, "What?" And I told him, and he he stopped. That's how much he cared about the companies that he
0: advertised. So for. he was well. I mean, that's cool. That, yeah, that, it, that, it shows that, the integrity. Integrity. Yeah, right? he
1: had the integrity. So he was one of those kind of guys, and he was always inquisitive. He always wanted to learn, and you know, he was always taking in new information it was inspiring to see a guy like that that was always on the move that you know way.
0: it's funny you know i relate to that in this way people occasionally will come up and say hey do you you know whether it's you or whatever company i'm talking about mm-hmm. on the air mm-hmm. it's the it seems to me to be the oddest question because i know where my mindset is is hey do you really believe you in really believe company? in that? yeah i'm like well if of course, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about them. Right. And I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. Uh, years ago in Birmingham, this is probably 20 years ago, uh-huh. um, I used, I was talking about one of my clients. I won't name them. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, just doing the thing. And I, every experience I had had on that surface level, visiting their place, seeing their trucks or whatever, right. was a positive one. Yeah. And then I had to call and ask for their services. And they came out and they charged me a rate that I thought was. Exorbitant, uh huh, and so I did some research, went around to like companies, yeah, and got a lot of different. I mean, I got really in Mm -hmm. there and like this Mm -hmm. is specifically what Mm -hmm. they did, and then I had to go back to my boss and say I can't. I I, don't believe in this anymore. I I don't believe in this anymore. Mm -hmm. And my boss comes back to me and said, he says that if you drop him, he's dropping all of his advertising. Yeah, and I said, Steve, what do you like pressure? I said, Steve, what do you want me to do? And Steve Armstrong, I'll name him because this was a moment for me because I'm I'm young and I'm scared at this point. I said, Steve, what do you want me to do? He said, "I already told him, thank him for. I already thanked him for his business and told him we didn't need him anymore." Wow, that's in, that is so cool. It, it, because he felt like he was he was holding me over a barrel, holding yeah. the company, and he yeah. said, "No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to do that." So that so was cool. really cool. Well, that still, was so play cool that. when
1: somebody has your back like that. Yeah, that that's, that's nice. really good. Well, Paul
0: it. Winkler's got our back. Uh Paul obviously, and all the good things that go with it, and the radio show tomorrow. And thank you for allowing. If not for you, we wouldn't get to do this, and all these fine people wouldn't fun. get get to be annoyed while they drink their beer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I love these these, news, these new mics here, man. These uh, are really look, good. Kirby's, Kirby's like, stepping out his game, it. man. He's, he's it. got
0: multicolors. He's got. I mean, he knows to give me the Georgia red. He was explaining the processing to me and all that. Kirby <laughs> wanted to give me the pink. I said, "Come on, man. <laughs> no give, pink. No pink. Just the Georgia red. red. I, I don't mind the oh, He said, "Look, he's got it. I told you. Pink. He's got it. Pamela pink. He's got." It. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thank you.
1: Oh, for Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one.
0: Matt Murphy acts as a paid promoter for Paul Winkler Incorporated. A promoter provides a testimonial or endorsement of our firm. Matt Murphy was not compensated for this interview.